What's up, Hyperfast Wealth Nation? On today's episode, we are going to dive deep into a topic we have never done before. I believe real estate should be the main part of your portfolio, but it shouldn't be everything. And we've got an expert today who's going to give you tips and techniques to provide protection, to provide estate planning, and to provide tax protection. He used to be the CEO of two of the largest life insurance and annuity companies. He's the creator of Financial Verse. Welcome to the show, Harry Stout. Welcome to the Hyperfast Show, where we believe unlimited growth in business and life is created by surrounding yourself with people who have been where you are going. Learning from others allows you to compress time and grow hyperfast. And now, here are your hosts, Kerry Shaw and Dan Lesniak. Kerry and Dan are real estate developers, best-selling authors, billion-dollar agents, and million-dollar agent makers. And now, get ready to grow hyperfast. Welcome to the show today, Harry. How are you doing? Oh, Dan, I'm doing great. It's a pleasure to be with you. Where are you coming in from today? Uh, if you will, video, sending my video to you from Vero Beach, Florida. Oh, nice. So you've got, some, I assume, some really good, uh, good weather and, and all that around you? It is enjoyable, yes. Yes, I've avoided the snow. I've tried uh, so long to do that and uh, have been able to find a great place to be. Awesome. And, and that's right. Uh, for those of you who don't know, listening, watching, you, you probably get to see a lot of the uh, the cool stuff that Elon Musk is doing right now, right? A lot of the launches co come near from near there. Actually, not too far away. And it's very interesting when you look at it, Dan. Uh, they are hiring so many of the former NASA people that were involved in the space program to join SpaceX and to join other initiatives there. It's fantastic because those are great people. And the reason I say that is, Believe it or not, in my life, I worked for NASA for I had a I was a young an intern in college for NASA. And uh, I can tell you, great organization. And there's some wonderful people there. Awesome. Well, intern from NASA, clearly you've done a lot since then. Before we dive into the, the program, why don't you give folks a little bit about your background, what you've done and, and how you got to where you are today? Oh, sure. I uh I've worked in the financial services business for over 35 years, and Dan, I've been blessed. I've, been, I've worked all around the world. I've worked in the US, uh, Western Europe, Asia. I lived in Australia for a number of different years, a uh, number of years rather. So I've been able to have a career where I was involved in, in life insurance, annuities, investment products, retirement, protecting families. And I've been able to do that around the globe. So uh, I've got, a, I think, a little different perspective than maybe some people about uh, how you should approach things and have seen different cultural ways of looking at risk, looking at how you set up your financial affairs. So I've done that. In the U.S., I was uh, the, the chief executive officer, president of two of the uh, largest life insurance and annuity companies in the U.S. And for uh, the last several years, I've entered what I call the fulfilling stage of my life. And what I've tried to do is give back to people and try to improve their knowledge of personal finance matters, how they can take certain actions that reduce stress and anxiety. Well, you're, you're a unique guest for us. Most of the time we've got real estate guys on or Sunil, my, my builder partner, and we're talking about our specific projects. But I, you know, I think life insurance uh, in particular is one of those areas that, that people 
often overlooked. And for me personally, like I'm, I'm heavy in real estate, very little investment I, I actually do in, in stocks or things outside of real estate, hmm? but life insurance, cash value specifically is one of the biggest personal investments I make outside of real estate. So why don't you, you tell folks out there and you know, a lot of the listeners here are, are real estate guys, but tell them a little bit about cash value life insurance and, and maybe go through some of like the myths and mis misconceptions about it. Cause I think a lot of that, you know, there's a lot of those out there. And if I had to, to start and explain one concept for your, <laughs> for your audience today, it would be this money for life. And what we're all trying to do is create money for life, not just for today. And Life insurance and annuities are products that you in, you put money into that can provide for you on a tax advantage basis money for life, and uh, I think first off the, the number one mis the misconception is when people look at cash value life insurance they look at annuity products for example they forget their insurance products and they're comparing them purely to an investment, uh, an ETF, another investment that's available in the market. And once you talk about something as an, an insurance product, it falls under the spectrum of regulation, capital, uh, companies have to put up significant dollars in reserves. So uh, it's a different product. First off, it's, insu for, it's insurance and it's really important. Secondly, the product has financial aspects to it. You, you can you can accumulate cash on a tax deferred basis, on a cash deferred basis for life insurance as well as annuities. You've got tax free death benefit, and what the death benefit is if you buy a three hundred thousand dollar life insurance policy, and that person dies, the beneficiary will receive three hundred thousand dollars, and that's tax free money. A lot of people don't understand, uh, actually about 60% of people don't realize it's a tax-free benefit. Uh, so there's a, just a number of misconceptions about the fact that these are insurance products, their tax characteristics, how Congress has given them tax deferral, and that today also, Dan, I think one of the things that's changed in the last 15 years for life insurance products, for annuity products, there are benefits for those products today, but they've added new living benefits to those products, benefits that you can collect if you don't die, that your family can use uh, if you become ill, a variety of different living benefits that are there. So when you look at these products, they can be a Swiss army knife for you as you plan your life and you look to minimize risk. So you're a young man, but you have risk and, and uh, premature death would be a, a, a very devastating thing for your family unit, for the futures of your, those that are dependent upon you. And that's what really life insurance and annuities do. I mean, to make it simple for everyone, think about them as providing cash for future delivery. And that's what they do, cash for future delivery when you need it. And People really need to think more about that today. And uh, we've seen it during the pandemic. Life insurance applications are up dramatically. People are looking to get coverage where they didn't have it before. And that's naturally the case, right? It's if, uh, if the fire is just about to burn down your house and you don't have, you don't have fire insurance, you're going to call the insurance company and try to get it. And you might not be able to get it. It'd be another issue indeed. But uh, when you look at this, these, these products have a lot of value. And they're, they're part of your safety products that you have, this, the safety aspects of your portfolio, the safety actions that you take in your financial planning. They provide you with those protections. 
Yeah, I think you hit on a lot of good stuff there. So let's let's dig deeper. And you know, my personal experience, I think, with insurance can can help. I started off just with with term insurance, which mm-hmm. which you know doesn't have a cash value. And I think there's there's a, a use, definitely a use for that. And as real estate professionals, as real estate investors, developers, it's it's very unlikely that if if something were to happen to you you die you know unexpectedly uh that that your significant other or you know next person in in your in line or you know whoever's going to take care of your estate after you're gone it's it's very unlikely that they're going to be able to run the the real estate development investing sales like it's 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 just unlikely and and um and so if that's the case they're going to have to sell all of that stuff for a huge uh, discount or and they're not going to have time to find an operator. And for me, you know, making sure I had enough term insurance and, and, and term insurance within the cash value that, that, that I ended up doing to, to make sure that there wasn't that liquidity crunch, you know, that was really important because what oh. I do, what I do is high risk. If I'm not involved, if, I, if I'm involved, I, I feel like it's the safest thing in the world. But if, if I'm not there, like, I, I don't want to, I don't want my family to have to go through, the financial hardships that could occur from that in addition to just the hardship of, of losing a husband or father early. Oh, no. And, and you brought up a great point. Any tarp, when you're protecting a business and a protecting an owner such as yourself and a key operator, that's so important. And, and that's how these, you know, these products can work for you from basic burial insurance to make sure you have enough money to bury yourself and to have a, a reasonable funeral up into providing, you know, protecting against the business transition or some sort of business risk that such as yourself. Or for instance, you might want to give money to a charity. You might want to give money to a school. You might want to give money to a church. You might want to leave legacy for your own children or for other dependents that you have. So there's a variety of different needs. And that's one of the problems, I think, Dan. People don't understand that you need different protections for different times in your life. Uh, when you're when you're uh, when you're young and you're say you decide to have a family, you have dependents, you've got to care for them because education is so important in our country today. Where will they get the money for their education? If something were to happen to one of the breadwinners in the family, do you want people to move from the family home? Do you want to disrupt your dependents there? Do you want that to happen? Um, you could have a special needs child, for instance, a child that needs particular needs. You could have um, parents that maybe need help with their long-term care needs because a lot of people today haven't saved for their long-term care needs for later in life. So you can use the product for a lot of different reasons. And that's why sitting down with a financial professional, someone who can talk to you about all of your needs, all of your risks, and where you can have a conversation with them to figure out what protection you really need. And the one thing I'd say today, and I I hope to to, to convey to your audience is, it's okay that you don't know what you don't know. Uh, it, It sounds like as you went ahead and you made these purchases in your life, you got an understanding of why you were doing what you were doing, what the appropriate type of coverage was, and what you needed to protect your various interests. And people need to do that. And, and that's one of the biggest things today. And one of my messages to people is it's okay to get a financial coach. You know, it's okay to see a professional. You know, if, you, if you're buying real estate, you go to a real estate professional to help you uh, design the program, find the home for you, find the office building, help you construct what you need. The same thing happens with money. Get a good financial coach. And I think people are reluctant to do that, but it's something they should do. Yeah, I agree. It definitely took a little bit of 
education on my part to to understand and figure out and, and i you know, had a lot a lot of different people advised and, and helped with some of these decisions and and I think we should talk about rates of return, but before we get to that, just so, you know, some of the reasons that I did get the cash value, and I think some of the reasons that other people out there may think uh, there's there's a lot of them. You touched on on many of them, I believe. You know, there is that protection if if you you die before before you you would expect, uh, but but there's some other cool things too, right? You talked about tax savings mm-hmm. uh, when when you put the money in cash value it's it's basically like a super funded ira roth ira so in essence you know you, you pay in, you pay income on the tax you make but then you you put it in this cash value and it it doesn't get taxed again if you do this correctly correct it could be structured to do that yes you can create a tax free stream of income fundamentally if you if you were to paint a big picture dan you, you're really three key, three key risks that the the cash value insurance will help you with is dying too soon living too long and then as a source of cash should you become ill because you can take that cash you've put in that policy and you can use it for any reason and there are ways to withdraw that cash on a tax favored basis either a withdrawal or a loan that you can use if an illness comes along and that happens to some people and uh, i know that we all and we and you've seen it in your life and i've seen it in mine where people who've had a life crisis uh, someone's gotten cancer in their 40s, so, uh, an accident that's happened for a particular family. So you can see that, that that cash can be used for a lot of different things. And that's interesting because one of the few products out there, that you can take the cash in and cash out. But again, it's uh, an insurance product and it's, uh, it's so important. Well, we, we actually used it as a loan this year. So we, we've, we've, mm-hmm. we've put in several uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars in, into some of these products. And earlier this year... There was there was a liquidity crunch with different lenders for some of our real estate sure. projects. So uh, we were able to get a loan from it from our own policy. I think around three percent or so, and that enabled us to close on two more real estate deals. And um, those will make more, well more you know well over three percent. I think I think it's still making its typical six percent or whatever it does. You know while while we pay the loan as well. So no, that, uh, that, an, an example would be, I did something similar. I used, I, I've done it a couple of different times where I've used the cash value I've gotten a policy. I bought real estate properties because if I could, if I could move in and buy a, a pay cash on a very, on a very quick basis, I could get a great deal on that particular property. I've done that about three times. And uh, the way the life insurance loans work today, I was able to get the money in three days wired to my account used it, was able to settle within a 30-day period on a property, uh, was successful in doing that, got a great discount, and then uh, was able to repay that later on through some other transactions. So it, it's a source of cash that's with you that you can use. And as you mentioned, the rates of interest are, are all quite reasonable. And the insurance companies are set up to be able to get the payments to you on a quick basis. Yeah, it didn't take long at all, helped us with that deal. And you know, if you're a real estate investor, it can help you fund your own deals and and I think like you just mentioned, like it can help you get access to, to cash quickly and cheaply that can, you know, maybe help you save mm-hmm. a ton of money on the on the acquisition because the seller will give you a better deal for closing quickly. You know, that that's one way that I've already used it. Another way I think this could be beneficial for people in real estate is through estate planning. So, you know, if you are super, super successful and um, you know, who knows what the laws will be when 
you're, you, you pass away and all of that. But, you know, if, if you're successful, you're going to pay estate taxes potentially when you pass things down to, uh, to your heirs. And if it's all, or if a lot of it is in cash producing, but, but, you know, not very liquid assets like, like real estate, you know, the IRS may come along and say, yeah, this real estate is worth uh, $20 million or whatever, you know, the heirs, yeah, you can, you can take it, but you got to pay, you know, and I don't know the rates, but you got to pay 8 million in taxes on it or something, right? Well, you're, they may have to sell to, 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 to do that if you don't have cash and, and the, the cash value life insurance is something that can be passed along depending on how you structure it outside of your estate. So now that it can take care of the estate taxes on, on things that, you know, they may otherwise have to liquidate. And uh, yeah, you make a great point, Dan. I think the other thing too is if you, there are state, there are state taxes at a federal level and state taxes at a local level. And what I tell folks is if you have an estate of more than a million dollars, you ought to talk to someone to see that you've properly structured it. I'm not an estate planning attorney, but I've seen this enough to know you need to structure it properly. But on top of that, you need to make sure that the li your life insurance beneficiaries are set up appropriately, as you've described, to keep that life insurance out of your estate to avoid having to pay state taxes. So there are a number of ways to do it. Again, Finding a professional or coach to work with you to make sure you're protected is important because the worst thing would be is if there was a premature death and it did take place and the life insurance was not properly structured, it did fall into your state and was subject to estate taxes, that's money that's just lost for your heirs and you don't want that to happen. And I think you alluded to it earlier, we'll see what happens with the current political environment that we're in and which new tax laws come our way and whether or not they lower the estate tax uh, uh, limits that are currently in place to make them lower, the rates higher. We'll see what happens. But uh, again, something that you need to be aware of, and particularly for those in your audience who are successful uh, in the real estate business and have accumulated a, a great deal, you, you ought to talk to someone to make sure you're properly protected. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's, you keep hitting on that point. It's important is, is talk to specialists, you know, like, I, I know a little bit about it because I've, I've just gone through it for myself, yeah. but it, I, I had to talk to, you know, insurance guys, attorneys, CPAs, it, it, you know, it was like a whole team of kind of specialists that, that guided me through this. And, you know, people like, like Harry, obviously are a great resource. So, so talk to specialists. Hey, hold that thought. Do you want to get a hundred tips? for free from my best selling real estate book, The Hyper Local Hyper Fast Real Estate Agent. If you do, go to hyperfasttips.com and you can download 100 of my best tips today. Again, that's hyperfasttips.com. You can download 100 tips on how to grow your business, get more clients, deliver more value to more people. Go to hyperfasttips.com. You know, just in this 10, 15 minutes, I think so far, you know, we've, we've already learned a ton or, or gone over a ton about cash value life insurance. Like obviously it's an insurance project project first and foremost uh, can help a lot. There can help with, you know, banking, self-banking basically to, to help kind of fund your own deals or liquidity. It can help with estate planning. Uh, and then lastly, it, it's also an investment. Like you do get a rate of return on this. And I don't personally think it's that far off what the stock market traditionally delivers 
anyway. Like like when I take investor money for my projects, I'm looking to give them like returns in, in the mid teens. If if I'm if it's my own deal that I'm in and putting my time in, I, I want even higher than that. But you know, over the last 20 years, I've I've looked this up. The stock market's typically given you like a six seven percent on average, and and typically that's where a lot of these uh, insurance products fall in. So they're not much different, I think, than the stock market. Well, I, I probably would disagree with you there. I'd bring people's <laughs> expectations down. The way the way I, and here's the way, and some by the way, some products do perform as you described. There are some products that uh, that credit uh, the rate of return on the cash at a very good level. So there's some that do that, but for the most part, these products, the way I look at them, Dan, I think a, uh, maybe a conservative way of looking at them is life insurance and annuity are just another asset class. And to me, they're part of your safe money asset class. And, uh, and that's the way I think is a, is, a, is a reasonable way to look at it. There's nothing wrong with that. And the one thing today is we know because of the pandemic, if something can happen, it will. <laughs> and it's something out of the blue. So these safe, these, these asset classes, these fixed safe money asset classes, they should be part of what people are doing. And you're right. There's some, you're going to have some really high return uh, investments as, what, as, as in your portfolio and what you do personally. But you also need some of these safe money aspects. I look at them more in the, in the fixed safe money bucket. And I try to be, if you will, my, my belief is under promise and over delivers the better thing. Uh, and that's what I've tried to uh, done over the years. I've tried to advise people accordingly. And uh, that would be my suggestion. But again, it's, it's, these are great tools for you to use. And as you know, uh, real estate's not for everyone. Uh, so, you know, it, every real estate investment is not for everyone. You have to pick certain people and their certain position in their life, certain amount of assets, tax needs, return needs, time threshold needs for what they do. And these products need to be positioned the same way. What what other tools, you know, outside of life insurance, we've talked a lot about that. What other tools are there that you're experienced with uh, that you think are things that you know your typical real estate agent, real estate investor maybe doesn't look at, but they should. Yeah, I would say I would say the annuity products are misunderstood, and especially as you get older, one of the key things is people are going to live a lot longer, Dan. And and when I say that, I, when I talk to young people, I tell them they need to plan to live to be ninety-five to hundred. And I even I'm an older gentleman. I have friends that I say, look, you need to plan to at least ninety. So how are you going to have the income necessary to pay for your costs of living to those ages? And that's why I think as real, in particular, real estate professionals, you're successful, you're doing great, you're making a good income. You need to sit down and have a plan to take a part of that and put it away for the long term. Annuities can help you do that. It's like slow and steady wins the race, if you will, with some of these. It's not for, again, it's not for all of your savings for your later years, retirement years, but a portion, I think, should be in annuities because annuities can help you pay those day-to-day living expenses. And, you know, so if you if you have annuities that provide you, and by the way, I eat my own cooking. I have that today. I have uh, annuities that provide me with all my base living expenses. And then I have a portfolio that gives me higher returns that I can continue to manage and grow with uh, forever. It's going to, it works really well and provides for, for me currently as well as my heirs. But these products, I think you need to look at them and talk to people about them. Because again, if you're doing really well, I'm saying what I'm saying to you is maybe keep the lifestyle down a little bit and take part of that cash and put it away for the for the for the future. Because I'll tell you one thing, people are gonna live longer, Dan. 
and it's uh, the the costs are really high. And uh, uh, I mean, give you two quick examples. Uh, Fidelity Investments publishes the annual cost of healthcare for those that are over 65, or excuse me, the lifetime costs. And I think this year they're nearly at, at a number of, for a couple, 65 and older, they need about $300,000 to pay for their out-of-pocket medical expenses from age 65 on. Wow. And at the same <laughs> Oh, yeah. And by, and by the way, that doesn't cover long-term care. Uh, actually, for the first time today, I saw a really good study from Price Waterhouse that says that for long-term care, people should be budgeting about $172,000 because they will need long-term care needs, not covered by Medicare, separate conversation. So if you look at those two numbers, $300,000 for medical cost, $172,000 for long-term care, that's a half a million dollars of retirement savings that people should probably have put aside to care for those and cover those needs. So, uh, and this is not going to, it's not going to get any easier. It's not going to get any easier for people. Where where should people start if they've heard you today mention life insurance, annuities, you know, talk talk to someone, right? This where how how would someone go about doing this? <laughs> All right. So what I suggest to people is and I'll take it one step back from you a little bit um, on this, Dan, and give you just a little fact, and maybe you'll smile, maybe you won't. But uh, with respect to this one is in our country today, we spend more time mandating education to drive a vehicle than we do to drive money. Wow. So um, only 19 states in our country mandate a personal finance course by the time someone graduates high school, 19 states. If you go back a decade, it was substantially less than that. So a uh, couple of things. I think people need to spend time on their financial knowledge and, and financial improving their financial knowledge. So that's, that's, I think they should spend some time doing that. With respect to life insurance, and I'll, and I'll tell you a little bit more about my website later, but I, I look to provide information. I'm not looking to sell life insurance. I'm looking to provide information to help people. So I try to give them some resources. One great uh, resource for people to get started is a website called Life Happens. Dot org lifehappens.org and they can get access to us access to that through my website and that is an organization a nonprofit organization that's solely f- focused on educating and helping people get uh, a financial advisor to help them they have some links on their website that can help them but it's a quality organization that really focuses on educating people about life insurance why they need it how much they need and where to go to buy it and i my books i have a book out on life insurance so what I try to do is explain it in a way, it's not a long read, it's 140 pages, but I go through the entire process for people so that they feel more comfortable talking to either an internet, per, uh, if they decide to buy directly through the internet agent, they can talk to that person, or if they want a face-to-face relationship, they'll feel comfortable vision, you know, in this day and age, in this pandemic world, virtually talking to someone about their needs. So um, I think education, and there's a couple of great websites that they go, but Life Happens is a great place to start. All right, Harry, we've uh, we've got a few minutes left before I've, I've got to jump back into the our training conference here. I'd like to do the hyper fast round if you're ready for some rapid fire questions and answers. I am so ready, you wouldn't believe it. Let's go. All right, what's your biggest piece of advice to a new real estate investor? Get your financial knowledge in order. I have something called spend two, spend 17 minutes a day, two hours a week, learning about the financial aspects of real estate, the key aspects of tax, financing, the other aspects that you need. But 
knowledge is power. And regardless of how old you are, how long you've been in the business, there's always new things to learn. So that's really important. That would be my, my first suggestion. What do you think is the biggest mistake people make in regards to financial planning? Time. They, they don't sit down and understand what their financial life is going to look like what challenges they're going to face. And again, that's knowledge and, and literacy. So you, you need to sit down because I'll tell you and you, you, you'll smile, maybe you won't. You're a young man now, but you will be an older man quickly. And, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, and so time flies and you need to take advantage of it when you're young. And if you make the right decisions on life insurance, your investments, how you set up your real estate business, how you're planting those seeds for the future, that is really key. So time is really important. Take advantage of it. What's the biggest challenge you've ever had in business and how did you overcome it? My biggest, I guess the biggest challenge I have, I, I did a lot of uh, merger and acquisition transactions. And the, the, the fir my first one is at a young age, I had to dismiss 50% of my 50% of the employees in the company. Mm. And so that worried me. So the, the approach I took was one of transparency and honesty. I told them why we did what we had to do. I provided, and I did some things that were different at the time. I gave them some tr change management training. We gave them some counseling on how they could find their next opportunity. And it was successful. And the, interest, the reason I bring this one up to you is about every 10 years, I get an email from someone thanking me for the way I fired them. And they said, look, you really, you treated me with respect. You helped me get to the next place. But it was a real difficult thing. So I, as I've had difficult problems over the years in running businesses, I've tried to approach them head on, communicate why we're doing what we're doing, and uh, and, and just try to be as, as, as respectful as I can of people. And I think that's really important. And do you think that's why maybe you're so passionate about educating people on financial planning? Because you went through that experience of, of, of seeing, you know, people through M&A, you know, lose their job? No, the reason I'm, the reason oh. I'm, the reason I believe in personal f literacy and personal finance so much is the way I was brought up. Uh, I was the first person in my family to go to high school, the first person to go to college, the first person to be a multimillionaire. And I did that because of knowledge and education throughout my life, lifelong learning. And without that, Dan, I wouldn't have been able to be successful. And, uh, you know, you tell people that and you say, look, you're always learning. You're a sponge. Figure out new ways and, and you'll develop other personality characteristics, resilience. Uh, you know, you'll stay with various issues. But I think that time for personal education, personal knowledge drives you in so many different areas in your life. But that's why I feel so important. I've learned all the tough mistakes in personal finance. I just want to share them with people so they could be successful. All right. When you're not uh, at work, what would what would we typically find you doing? What do you do for fun? Travel, and uh, uh, I've done this for the last uh, you you'll, you may say the last 25 years. I lost my brother and my father within a six month period 25 years ago, oh. and um, I made a decision at that time that I was going to see the world and make sure that I would be able to to do the things that I needed to do. And since that time, I've taken usually about four vacations a year to various destinations around the world. I've been all around the world, which has been nice given, given the pandemic and being locked down. I'm, I'm, I'm chomping at the bit a little bit to get back out, but um, that's, you know, that's the travel is my big thing and, and experiencing other cultures, learning, 
uh, finding out history, culture, art, uh, governments, money. I, I'm a sponge when it comes to those issues. Awesome. Well, hopefully we can all get back to doing more of that soon. Last question of the Hyperfast round. Where do you see yourself in five years? In five years, I will be uh, uh, my, my writing a number of books in my financial verse series, continuing to hopefully give people advice and ideas on how they can lead better financial lives. And, and for me, that's that's what I'm doing. I'm in the fulfilling stage of my life, what I call the fulfilling stage. I'm trying to give back and help people through education and information so that they can lead a better life. All right. Well, that will be exciting to see, and, and we hope to follow you in that journey uh, before we wrap up, if people want to connect with you, if they want to contact you to ask you questions or social media or any of that, uh, what are the best ways for them to do that? Very, very easy. Just go to financialverse.com. One word, financialverse.com. There's a contact tab and my, my team will get it right to me and I'll respond right away. And that's the easiest you can find out about my books my blog. I have a, something called a Money Savers blog twice a week where I give people ideas on thoughts about managing their money. And uh, anything you want to know about me and what I do, you can find right there on the website. All right. So if you're listening, if you're watching, connect with Harry on financialverse.com. Thank you for being on the show, Harry. This was amazing. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thanks for taking the time, Dan. I really appreciate it. All right. And to all our listeners out there, everyone watching on YouTube or, or listening on iTunes, make sure you hit the subscribe button, share this episode, and, uh, and leave us some comments. Tell your friends about it. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyper Fat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyper Fat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests, improve our shows, and give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.